Okay, so Alex Bourne, Rockwell Music School, thank you for being here on Top Teachers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Um, that was the phony intro. And uh, so basically, I just wanted to hear, talk about talking to a lot of teachers, um, trying to get a sense of how they got started in music, how that kind of transition from being a musician to being a teacher kind of went, like, and, and, and that kind of deal. And then you as a as a school owner, that's a whole nother layer, right? Like going from teaching to trying to do the parts of the business that keep your lights on. Um, so I just to start out, like, when, when did you start playing? I saw that you uh, grew up in Germany, is that right? No, I studied abroad in Germany in, in oh, college. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I started playing at uh, about 11. Um, my my story about that is, so the first album that I bought with my own money was Green Day, Dookie, that album. Nice. And uh, I remember standing at, at Target, I was trying to decide between the Green Day album and Michael Jackson's Dangerous album. And nice. uh, I chose Green Day and... Um, you know started listening to that my friends were listening to it and i wanted to take guitar lessons so that i could uh learn those songs so that's where it started at 11 and uh it just took off from there you know i got all the magazines and um had some private lessons had some group lessons so it went from like getting that record at 11 and then you said like mom or dad like hey can I take guitar lessons and they said yes right away or they were like uh wait a minute kid like let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah, uh so my mom always required us to take an instrument as long as we were in school. Um so we always had to take an instrument. My first instrument was French horn and I took that and at 9 age nine and ten and didn't like that too much uh i was good at it but i didn't like it too much soggy left hand right what's that soggy left hand don't you stick your hand in the bell of the french horn as you're yeah you do it would be the right okay. hand yeah. oh it's the right hand okay yeah i'm not a french horn player <laughs> yeah um yeah but it didn't get it didn't get wet or anything it stayed pretty dry <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, I uh, didn't really like it. I, I think the reason why was just because I didn't hear that much French horn music in my life. You know, yeah. I enjoyed the sound of the instrument, but uh, didn't have a whole lot of application for it. So um, guitar was kind of the next step for that. So I, that was my instrument, um, and uh, I loved it. So you, you got the Green Day record. Do you, I don't remember if there's a picture of them on the cover. Um, I, I know what the cover is. I know there's not a picture of them on the cover, but in the like liner notes, is there like I'm just wondering like did you try to get like Billy Joe's guitar, or like what was your like first guitar? Um, I, yeah, there are pictures of them on the inside cover. Um, I don't think I was that into like gear or anything at that point. I just knew that I wanted to play the songs that made me feel good, and. Um, so uh, my first guitar was uh, an instrument that my uncle lent to me. I think it was called a Gamble's Coronado. And uh, it, was, it was good enough to, to work for the time being. And um, um, I think after a year or two, I upgraded to a, a Stratocaster and um, a better amp. So Nice. Yeah. The Gamble's, that's electric guitar? Yeah, it was electric guitar. 
Nice. Uh, so you get the guitar and you go right into lessons or you try to mess around on your own? Um, I went right I into lessons. 11. 11's a while ago, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, went right into lessons. Um, I was taking private lessons with uh, a teacher at uh, the local school. You know, he was doing like public public education lessons and um, he taught me, uh, he taught me like REM songs and some Green Day and some Led Zeppelin and uh, it was just uh, just enough to get my feet wet and you know uh, start an appreciation for the instrument and the music. So nice, man. So you go from that, you get your own Stratocaster, you get your own uh, amp. I presume you probably start playing with people at that time. Um, you know, for the first two years, I actually didn't play for anybody other than my family. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but uh, it was just kind of a personal thing. I didn't want to really play for anybody yet. Um, maybe I felt like I wasn't good enough or um, just didn't want the criticism or it was just kind of a private thing, you know? Um, but uh, after about two years, I, yeah, I started playing in like uh, church worship groups and stuff like that um, because uh, well, I had a lot of friends that were into, uh, you know, contemporary Christian music and, um, you know, lots of churches were looking for players and they'll take volunteers and you just got to know a couple chords and be able to play along with and you uh, got an audience there right there man that's yeah. uh that's not you're not playing to a half empty well you might i don't know how full the church was but you're not playing to like a half empty club i guess you're also like 13 or 14 at this time but yeah yeah so i was uh i mean i was really into all, what's that standing ovation all rise yeah <laughs> yeah um it was it was kind of uh you know baptists and lutherans and they're pretty uh pretty modest as far as their uh celebration goes <laughs> okay. so yeah um but i was into other kinds of music lots of blues lots of hard rock um and you know i think i really wanted to play have my own like blues group or um my own like rock group but uh just wasn't happening at that time so i got you yeah nice so talk to me about the transition of teaching is that in that kind of like teen years did you were you teaching a lesson or two on the side or did you did is that something you started to do later on like a, as you became like a real can i can grow a beard adult <laughs> i can grow a beard i like that um that. well i had a beard on, on on my my driver's permit at 15 years old so i don't <laughs> uh that's one of those things man it's just like some people that that was a real thing in high school you'd look around and like there were some ski bums at my school that just looked they looked exactly like they had a beard like a two-day beard like you right yeah and then i'm like sitting there like whatever and still i'm in my uh 30s now and i can't i i there's still these guys that don't quite come in and just like oh well yeah what are you gonna do yeah um it was so um i went to high school was really into guitar playing and you know took lessons and started to set my sights on music college um i you know i got accepted to berkeley college of music university of north texas uh belmont university in nashville 
um, just some places that I had heard had had really good music programs. And I ended up staying at uh, in my hometown of uh, Minneapolis and going to McNally Smith College of Music. Um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I had a lot more opportunities. It was a smaller school than the other ones I mentioned. And, uh, you know, just got got you know so deep in the music uh culture there and started gigging and um eventually uh i was on a gig with um a guy who owned a music school and this uh the gig was kind of funny actually we didn't know it was a church gig actually um didn't know what the songs were going to be until like the downbeat, you know, like started playing. And the way that we played, um, fortunately, you know, he also played guitar and he was just shouting out Nashville numbers, you know, gotcha, as we're playing gotcha. on the gig, you know, and it went really well. Um, and uh, it turned out really well. The gig went fine and didn't know no train wrecks or anything. And and at the end of it, he said, you know, hey, I'm I'm looking for another teacher at my school. You know, uh, would you be interested in teaching? Have you ever taught before? Um, and I said, you know, I had taken I had taught a few lessons um, before that. But, you know, a step like this would mean like teaching like 40 to 50 students a week, you know, from um, nothing from maybe like one or two a year <laughs> yeah 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 so uh i made that yeah i made that step i said yeah i'm looking to teach i knew it'd be better uh better money than my target job at the time and it was like three times better than that and um yeah just uh loved it and kept teaching Your brain a bunch of people. must have been melting though after you know talking just talking to 40 or 50 people a week uh oh my god you must have been completely destroyed at the end of that first week at the end of the first week well it kind of it kind of started small and ramped up okay um he uh he had a teacher that left and you know not on not too good terms and um so basically i had to call all his former students and you know see whether they still wanted to take lessons and i kind of got you know the the uh the scraps so to speak um but what kind of so, players was it was it mostly kids mostly adults it was a mix it was a mix yeah. um and so you're and you're walking into people that have been in a lesson that's interesting because it's not like you started a school or started teaching and you got like people coming to you and saying like hey man uh let's get started what are you into what are you into it's somebody who like last week or two weeks ago was on lesson four and you come in and like whatever so what was that like that transition that must have been interesting yeah uh it was definitely i mean i definitely got thrown into the fire in that respect uh i think what i decided to do was you know i, I talked to them about you know what they did with their previous teacher you know and uh i knew in my head that i couldn't match you know you, you can't be someone else you know like you can't you can't uh, you can't copy someone else or be the same thing for someone else that they were to them, you know. So it's a very hard 
set of shoes to step into. So I, you know, I talked to them about, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, about their previous lessons. And then I just kind of made it my own. Um, and, um, you know, uh, taught them songs that they liked and, um, in my own style. And, you know, uh, some people, some people left and some people stuck around and I knew that was just kind of part of the transition. And, uh, Fortunately, I, I had really good retention and, you know, I kept a lot of those students and it was enough to grow from. So do you remember what uh, do you remember some things that you did um, coming in more as a performer or as as having been like a student that you were pretty sure were going to work and then just crashed and burned like ideas, like things you tried to teach or, or ways that you tried to teach that just didn't work during that time? Hmm. I can't really, I can't, that's a great question. I, I can't really think of anything at the moment. Um, or the other way around, stuff that you, when you when you came in, that just resonated right away with people. Was it just the concept of using, continuing to teach songs that people knew, or was there stuff that you took from your your uh, your own education that you brought into your into your teaching that kind of blew people's minds? Do you remember any, any specifics like that? I just love little details like that. Yeah, so basically what the way I was operating um was uh you know the this guy who hired me to teach at a school he said uh you know you don't really have to be a great player to keep a lot of students or be a good teacher. You just you just need to create an environment that's fun for the student and enjoyable and just kind of stay one step ahead of them and teach them what they're interested in, you know, and keep it fun and have personality too, you know, that's a huge part of it. And so that's kind of what I was doing. And I think it's still the way to go. I know that a lot of teachers kind of. That's cool. Sorry about that. Uh, I know that a lot of teachers kind of try to make the next Mozart, you know, or, you know, they, they have this idea in their head of how a, a student is supposed to learn and they, they stick the student on that, on that track when the student maybe just wants to play um, around the campfire for their friends or even just by themselves, you know, you know, like I did for the first two years, you know, that's, that's uh totally possible too and then some people want to play with other people and start a band and become a famous rock star and um i think it's important to kind of um know what the student is interested in what their goals are and and teach them around that uh, so. how quickly do you find you get a sense i mean now it's kind of like in the present like how, how long does it take you to kind of figure that out and ooh, i have kind of a follow-up question that may or may not be interesting do they generally tell you what they actually are into? Like, do you know what I mean? When you're trying to figure out their vibe about like what they're into for like what their goals are or if they have goals or whatever, is what they tell you actually what is the useful thing or does it take a few lessons, weeks, months, whatever, before you kind of get into like what what is the thing that motivates this person or like why are they here or whatever? Yeah, Good, good question. So I can, I mean, I've had a lot of practice, but I can usually tell within the first half hour, you know, kind of what a student is interested in, 
where they are um, actually, you know, within the first five or 10 minutes, if they play me something, um, you know, I can tell where, where they are in their guitar journey or music journey and um, then what kinds of things they're interested in um, and what kind of goals they have. But uh, it is a good question, you know, it is kind of hard to tell uh, whether what they're telling you they like is actually what they enjoy, you know, or if they're just kind of being safe, you know, and giving you kind of a, a safe answer. Because I know, I know it must be kind of awkward to tell, to tell some uh, strange new musical expert, you know, like all the things you like, uh, all the music you like, because that's a very personal thing for a lot of people. So the way that I kind of got around that was, creating a safe space for them to talk about that where they felt safe sharing what they enjoy. And and that's new, not too hard. Um, one thing I always say to kind of break that ice is uh, my, my f most embarrassing favorite song is uh, party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> and you can kind of see their shoulders, shoulders relax and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That is pretty embarrassing. Uh, you know, now I can share, you know, all the things I like, cause it's not quite as bad as that, you know? So, and, and really I've heard all, all the embarrassing answers. Um, but, uh, you know, you just listen and, and, and teach it to them, you know, and then it just kind of snowballs from there and they feel safe about talking about that. So the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's awesome, man. Um, oh, I had another question along those lines that I, I wanted to get to, but it's gone. So there you go. Um, I was, so do you go, do you go right from there into running your own school or do you bounce around? Do you, do you put teaching down for a while, do other things like what's the journey from kind of that first job going to getting those students being working for somebody to, to running your own shop? Yeah. So I, uh, I was teaching about 40 to 50 students a week um, for almost five, almost six years, almost six years. And uh, I had um, my my teaching studio was the teaching studio that was directly in front of the door at this place, um, the school that I taught at. Other teaching studios were kind of off to the side, you know, around the hall and to the back, that kind of thing. But mine was right in front of the door. And that was, and I didn't really pick that intentionally, but I'm glad I did because this place got a lot of walk-in traffic because we had a great big neon guitar sign. Yeah, neon guitar sign in the door and a busy street out front and people would see it and they're like, do you sell guitars? Do you, do you teach lessons? What's the deal here, you know? So I had a lot of interest that way. And, uh, I was always there and I had good retention. So I had reason to be there and, um, you know, I'd be the first one they saw and, you know, I could sign them up right there and put them on my calendar. So I got, I got practice that way. I got a lot of practice that way. Um, handling like leads and, you know, potential students and stuff like that. And after about five or six years, the, the business, that school kind of fizzled and uh, I decided to do it on my own. And um, 
you know, I made a website and, um, and, uh, sought out leads on different avenues like Thumbtack and, you know, put up some Google ads and stuff like that and just kind of built it from there. So that's how I started I had, middle school. I had a question about that. I noticed, I was just like looking at, at your stalking you online a little bit and I noticed that you had a bunch of different stuff. Um, I met, noticed you mentioned Thumbtack. Um, but one of the things I'm hoping for this kind of series is that it's useful for teachers to other teachers to kind of watch and get ideas. And um, so I was wondering of the things that you tried, uh, what worked, what didn't, what did you think was going to work but didn't work? What did you, what were you trying on a whim that totally delivered? Like, what are some of the things that that worked really well for you? Because I noticed you're doing, um, I noticed like one of the things you're promoting was your Snapchat channel, like. Um, uh, I've seen your stuff on YouTube, which is super cool. Um, I see you're on LinkedIn. Like, what what is the thing that what what are the things that worked and what are the things that didn't? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my my approach to that is it's like it's like fishing. You know, like the internet is just you put a bunch of lines out there and you get into things early and you know you have a presence on all these different avenues and eventually you know one of them or two of them are gonna pick up and you know really get you new leads and stuff like that and you know in terms of like seo um you know all those sorts of factors and all those places thumbtack google facebook linkedin all, all those things play a factor into how high your website ranks you know in the search um listings so some things that really worked good for me, um, Thumbtack is actually really, really useful for me. Um, and Thumbtack is weird because it's like, uh, if you don't do it right, it seems like kind of a scam. Okay. Um, are you familiar with it at all? I've got, I haven't never used it, but I've seen like kind of how it works, right? It's like a clearinghouse. Like you go in, you say like, I live in St. Paul and then I want to, find somebody who paints my house or teaches me how to play guitar or fixes my sink. Is that right? Yeah. Like a clearing house or like a broker to, for people to find, um, uh, service professionals. And yeah, so people go, well, they look, they just search into Google, you know, I'm looking for a guitar player and Thumbtack has really good, um, ranking. So they have really good SEO. They're usually near the top. Um, and so people click on that and then when they're at Thumbtack, they type in, in their information what they're looking for. And then Thumbtack sends that information out to all of the service professionals that have uh, or that match kind of what the client is looking for. And then the way that Thumbtacks makes their money is they charge the professionals based on, you know, how many leads they send to them. So, um, so it's kind of weird because if you're if you're a service professional on Thumbtack and you're not getting very many leads, it just sounds it just feels like a, a waste of time. But once you start getting a few leads, um, and there's a strategy to it, you know, I've made, I've made tens of, tens of thousands of dollars from Thumbtack. Um, once you figure out how to do that, then um, it can be really useful. So I got a lot of my clients through Thumbtack. 
That's um, cool. And you pay whether they convert or whether you uh, book a lesson with them or not. Basically, they're, you, you, you say, like, I'll give you $5 if you send me a, a, pers- a qualified person or something like that. Yeah, so you basically pay um, when uh, they when Thumbtack sends you a lead that responds to you. That's kind of where the tipping point is that you pay for. Oh, I got you. That's cool. So like they send you the they send you the lead. You send the lead in a note or something, and if the lead writes back to you, then you then you uh, exactly then you yeah. Gotcha. And they may cool. they may or may not sign up for lessons with you. That's kind of the thing and. I think that's where a lot of people feel like it's a scam is, you know, there's a lot of tire kickers and like price shoppers out, out there that won't sign up for lessons. Sure. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, the way I did it, I kind of hacked it a little bit. Like I put a link to a, a video and made like a video for every lead that I got, you know, just took a couple minutes and. Oh, that's cool. Me. So it's like, Hey Carl, thank you so much for checking me out on this thing. Da 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 da. Yeah, it was personalized. You know, I just go down their their list of things they're looking for. They know it's it's legit, and uh, that's awesome. So he's like, or he or she is like, "Hey, I'm in, really into blues music," and you're like, "How about this?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, with that voice and everything. Do you like my blues lick that I just played? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I didn't usually play guitar in the quotes very much, but uh, yeah. They they just need to know that you're you're paying attention and it's for them, you know. And you're a real human, right? Yeah, exactly. Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Um, so you've been doing your guitar school for so I want to kind of fast forward because I don't want to um, miss this. Goes the last year has been pretty wild. Um, I don't know how much you know about the last year, but no, I'm just messing around. Um, <laughs> If, if you yeah, did heard, I miss something? oh my gosh, sit down. I have something awful to tell you. <laughs> like, um, so a year ago, almost, um, well, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be a year, um, everybody shuts down. So like, what's that like? Were you teaching a lot of remote lessons before? Did you have to figure it out? Like, do you, I mean, what, what, what was that like about, you know, February, March of last year? Yeah, so uh, Rockwell Guitar School has been around since like 2014. Uh, and one thing we've always prioritized is using technology in our lessons. Um, so we have always kind of been doing virtual lessons as like a makeup option or like, you know, I live in Minnesota and sometimes we get 15, 20 inches of snow without notice, you know, and I drive a Prius. So that's not going to happen, you know, like I'm not going to get anywhere. <laughs> so it became really convenient to do virtual lessons and pretty much all of my students were used to that. And yeah, I was teaching before the pandemic, um, but uh, once the world shut down, it was it was pretty easy actually for us to switch over to online lessons and pretty much everybody did. Um, I'd, I think I might've only lost like 5%, 10%. Um, on my roster and I kind of figured I usually figure that's about the percentage of loss whenever you do a big change like like that you know raise your rates you know you figure some people are going to drop off uh change your entire format some people it's just change you know some people have trouble with that so um yeah everybody was doing online lessons and that's 
actually kind of the way that I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to get everybody into online lessons eventually, but I never had a really good reason to make everybody try it. Sure. Except for makeups, you know. Um, but uh, so the, the pandemic was kind of uh, uh, an advantage in that respect and that it was the reason that everybody needed to try virtual lessons. And I think it worked great. Like now everybody knows it's more convenient, less setup time, no parking, no driving, you know, all that stuff is just uh, out the window. So, is it, and do you do? Uh, do you have a platform you use more? Like you use Zoom? What do you do for? Uh... Yeah, I use, I, I use Zoom. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild. I remember in uh, March when s stuff started happening, and the first time I ever used Zoom rather than any of the other platforms, and it just was like this revelation that this could even exist. Like it reminded me of. Uh, back in like two, the early 2000s like <clears throat> i remember i was talking with somebody and they were saying like yeah man there's going to be like video coming on the internet and i was like <laughs> that's never going to happen man like the pipes are not big enough for the inter for the video to come through and then you know of course it's like a year later it's youtube and everything and it's just like whoa like the world is happening and yeah. it was a it was a wild it was like a wild transition that happened like that it was just like, boom. I don't know. Yeah. What? Um. Sorry to go on that rant, but like, what? Uh. W what specifically has been, has worked really well with the with the distant lessons? Like, and and what doesn't work as well? Like, what are? So I've talked to some people that have said, you know, one of the real bummers is even though the video is really good, um, with the latency, it's really hard to play together. Basically, that's like one thing that that doesn't work well. Have you found that, or are there other things that are? challenges for you that you've had to work around yeah uh the latency is one thing um you know you you it's really hard to just jam together you know if you need to jam play simultaneously there's always going to be a delay um so there's there's ways you can kind of there's ways that i get around that like if I need a student to, to improvise or something, I will just play chords on my end, and I understand that it's not going to be in sync with what I'm playing. But oh, they hear cool. the chords on their end, and they're able to experiment and play in the, the sandbox that I want them to. Um, and that's what I want them to get out of it. It's just some play, some experimentation. you know. So that's kind of one way that I get around that. Um, but... Uh, it would would be really nice to just jam simultaneously, no delay. So I'm I'm hoping for for that really soon. Um, some other things that are hard. Sometimes uh, it can be kind of hard with beginning students that are just starting from scratch to teach them things like technique and posture, um, how to hold the guitar, you know, where to position their wrist and fingers and hands and things like that when they're playing. Um, but, uh, I, I've, I've been getting a lot of practice explaining that and I'm starting to use, like, I got another camera up here that I use to get like a different angle on, oh, that's cool. on my hands and, and stuff like that. So, um, 
Can you do that at the same time? Like it's in the same Zoom? Is it like another account, basically? No, uh, it's it's uh, it's just a uh, another camera with Zoom, same account. Um, oh man, I got kind of one of the things. So can I add more than one camera? Uh, thank you for the tech support. Can I add more than one camera right now to me? Absolutely, yeah. Oh man, I got to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'll show you. Let's see. Whoa! There you go. Hey, so, how's it going? Yeah. So there's my. That's, that's my. Piano, that's my piano shot. So. Um, oh, so you switch back and forth basically. So you, I, I do know how to do that. So you just say like, uh, choose camera and then choose a different one. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. But uh, so that's but that's one of the things I love about Zoom is it's a lot more flexible that way in terms of like audio video options compared yeah. to say like Skype or something like that. Sure. Um, and uh, you Skype know you can actually also... a sponsor of this podcast. So no, I'm just Skype is yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, there's no. It's not. There aren't sponsors. <laughs> well, I was like, wow, nice job. Yeah, man. Microsoft bringing it in. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's awesome. That's a really cool setup. I'll bet that's cool too. If you're playing something, you can have it go straight down and kind of show them how it looks like from their perspective. That's rad. Yeah, because you know when it's like a forward-facing camera, it's really kind of two-dimensional, you know. And so having another camera above you, or I've even had one like off to the side here or over here, you give another dimension to the teaching. I love it. I love it. Um, well, I want to, uh, before we wrap up, I want to definitely um, give you a chance to talk about how people can uh, be part of these virtual lessons with you. But before that, I want to um, just ask you a few questions that I'm asking everybody the same questions. Um, and I'm envisioning a mashup of like everybody going like boom, 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 boom to the different questions. So uh, uh, feel free to be as brief or as um, l uh, long-winded as you want. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, what was the first chord that you learned on the guitar? I think it was D. 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 Great answer. <laughs> uh, what's the first chord that you teach? That I teach? Um, I usually teach them a power chord, but then how to build on that to get other chords that, that they want. So you can get a lot of stuff starting with a power chord. You do major, minor, dominant, uh, minor cool. seven, yeah, all that and stuff. And easy to play. And sounds great. Yeah. Uh, right, that's like wave right back to your green day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <All started. laughs> yep. Um, we already touched on this, but what was the first song that you remember playing? First song? I think it was Peter Gunn. You know, by the Blues Brothers. Don't, 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 don't. Oh yeah. Is that uh? Is that the one? It's like a chase song, like. Yeah, the horns. That's the blues. Yeah, exactly. Wait, nice. how's it go again? Yeah, nice. You a horn player or a singer or something? No, well, I can sing, but um, I did actually. I played trumpet. You know, the way you played French horn uh, okay. when I was growing up. But uh, Okay, what is the one thing that you tell your students to do that they reliably do not do? Slow down. 
slow down. I sometimes I tell people I'm just an answering machine that tells you to slow down because like everything we talk about comes back to, you know, slow down. Do you mean that just that they are literally playing things too fast? They're rushing instead of like falling into the beat. Yeah. So, uh, playing guitar and and pretty much any instrument is a lot of muscle memory right and what i find new students doing a lot is they're going too fast and they're making mistakes and um what you're doing when you do that is you're basically just practicing making mistakes so if you slow down and you do things deliberately it's easier to go faster sooner you know what I mean? So by slowing down, teaching your muscles what you want them to do and orchestrating them at a slow speed, um, they know what to do at a fast speed. Whereas when you just jump into a fast speed, they're like bumping into each other and, you know, all that stuff and just practicing making mistakes. So it's counterintuitive, but it works. And I, it applies to me a lot too. Like I find myself going too fast sometimes and I just tell myself, you know, slow down, just slow down. It's a hard that's thing awesome, for people man. to do. <laughs> that's what, that's a really good answer. That's the best answer I've gotten so far. Um, what is one, oh, 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 the inverse of that. What is the one, what is one thing you tell your students to do that they reliably do do? Uh, doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So I have a, one thing I teach a lot of my students um, is uh, the, the, the concept of common fingers between switching chords. Okay. So between a lot of the popular chords and just about, I'd say, uh, 50 to 60% of the chords you play, you have fingers that are going to be on the same fret, the same string for the next chord. Like or, C and A minor or something. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize this and they take their finger off and then apply it back into the same place for the next chord, you know? And I was, I would say, you know, you're making more work for yourself. But once, um, students learn to do this i f i find that they're always looking for common fingers in all of their chords and they feel a little bit disappointed when there's not a common finger in their chord or you know they 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 run out of gas when they discover that there's not a common finger in the next chord you know and i always say you know it's it's a bonus you know you don't always get a common finger in the next chord but it helps, you know, so you're lucky when it happens, but it doesn't always happen. That's awesome. Um, what is your go-to song to teach to people that have never played before? Uh, probably by the numbers would be Smoke on the Water. Um, but I have kind of changed that. As of late, it's been like Nothing Else Matters by Metallica, you know, doom, 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 because those are all open strings. That's super easy. Uh, or, or Sunshine of Your Love uh, by Cream. Um, just kind of the one string version. Nice. Oh. Nice. Uh, if you weren't a guitar teacher, what job would you like to try? Hmm. 
something with traveling. I love to travel. Um, I don't know, maybe a, a flight attendant or, um, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, um, really bad. Then I realized I didn't have the grades for that. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really like those, those things. Probably one of those. Nice. Fighter pilot or flight attendant? Yeah. <laughs> there's very like uh there's a lot of there's also like a lot of room in aviation between those two jobs too so there's uh there's places to go man yeah yeah uh which uh, this is the last one uh which instrument that you do not play would you most like to learn to play you know i always say it would be the quads you know you see a marching band and when i was a kid i always loved the quad drums you know those four drums I don't know what that is, man. Is that okay? Is that what somebody's wearing? Like, there's like four. Okay, so there's four drums. Yeah. I I can vaguely picture what that is, but as soon as we get off this thing, I'm gonna Google it and take a look. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be the rest of my morning. Is like watching, <laughs> watching <band laughs> videos. Yeah, I just always thought it was so cool and badass to these guys, you know, in the back drumming the quads. They had their uniforms on and they got these drums that sound so awesome. They're going so fast. And I think that's probably what I would play if I didn't pick up guitar. That's a great answer, man. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, I want to, before, before we go, can you talk a little bit about uh, how people can find you and your school online if they after listening to this are like, man, I also want to learn how to do the quads, but I'll start with the guitar. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I can't teach you the quads, but I can teach you guitar. Um, so my website is rockwellguitarschool.com. We teach all instruments. Well, what we teach is we teach guitar. That's what my major is in. That's my primary instrument. Uh, we also teach bass, mandolin, ukulele, banjo, um, and piano and um, you can go to our website and we offer virtual lessons um, and you the sign up for that is uh, easy and as frictionless as we can possibly make it you can sign up for uh, lessons and schedule your lessons uh, right away you can see when I'm available you won't double book me uh, all our scheduling is handled by software. Um, we do payment through PayPal, and um, you can start lessons uh, tomorrow if you wanted. But but I am usually booked about uh, a week or two in advance. So that's how you could do that. And you know you can check out uh, me and Rockwell Guitar School uh, on all all the the normal. Uh, Social media outlets, if you search Rockwell Guitar School on YouTube, we've got a bunch of videos, demos, free lessons. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We've got some live lessons there. Um, so, yeah, and you can easily get in contact with me, message me through the website. There's a little Facebook Messenger app that will pop up. And, yeah, so. I saw that. That's cool. Nice, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. Uh, it was like a fun conversation. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it, too. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. All right. Take it easy. All right. See you, Chris. All right. That yep. can be like the cut of the thing. But anyway, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. No problem.